Welcome to the Oral History Project of the DePaul Emeritus Society. My name is Jean Bryan, and today we're talking with Rosemary Skocholas, former director of Suburban Campus Operations. Rosemary, thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. Rosemary, before we begin talking about your time at the suburban campuses, we understand that you grew up in the Chicago area and attended DePaul University as a student, receiving your bachelor's degree in 1969 from the School of Business. Could you share with us a little bit about the experience of being a DePaul student in those times? Of course. In those days, women graduating from high school got married. So going to college was not the norm. Though I lived not far from the Lincoln Park campus, my major was in business, so I commuted to the Loop campus. The meeting grounds for all of the students was the cafeteria on the fourth floor, which not only housed regular students, but fraternities. One of them was the Phi Gamma Nu Society, a commerce fraternity, which I end up pledging. I met and networked with a lot of students who advised me of courses and faculty to take. My sorority was very supportive of me, and it was part of the DePaul community. In fact, there was a business fraternity right next door to us. You may know one of the members, Phil Kemp, marketing faculty. We became longtime friends, and he also taught at the Naperville campus. It's a small world. When you move to a condo in Park Ridge and your neighbor is one of your sorority sisters. But in all, it was an atmosphere of friendship and family. That speaks so much to DePaul's community in the Chicago area. And then in 1986, you returned to the university, at first on a part-time basis, just as the Oak Brook Westchester campus was being readied for opening. Could you share with us that story? I read the Westchester newspaper that DePaul was opening the Oak Brook campus in Westchester, only five minutes from my house. So I called my sister-in-law, Jackie Price. She was working for Elaine Watson in administration office. She not only provided me the contact name, Glenn Sharfenorth, who happened to work for the provost, Pat Ewers, at that time, but she also delivered my resume directly to his office. In August, I received a telephone call from Glenn, who would be meeting with people in the building in an hour, but he wanted to set up an interview time. Once he looked at his calendar, he said it was impossible for us to meet for over two weeks. Then I suggested I could be there within five minutes on the condition I would be not appropriately dressed for the appointment. So I came to the campus in shorts, because I was mowing the lawn. We agreed, and my interview was conducted on two borrowed chairs in the middle of an empty campus, in which the carpets were just laid. The interview was short, because the appointment was coming on, and he stated that he would get back to me on Monday, since he had another applicant. However, that Saturday morning, I received a telephone call from him stating that the key to the office and the furniture orders would be at the guard station in the lobby. I was to start that Monday and with no HR paperwork completed, no confirmed salary, 
and only his words that all would work out. I accepted and thanked him, and it did work out for 28 years. You could say I came in with the carpets. I had to create files and whatever was required to do the job to provide the faculty, the staff, and the students what they needed. Glenn taught me, advised me, guided me, and gave me the tools I needed to make the campus a success. And that's how it began, so I guess I made my mark in DePaul's history. That area along I-88 between Oakbrook and Naperville was nicknamed at that time Silicon Prairie or the Corporate Corridor. It was one of the fastest growing business markets in the Midwest. And the town of Naperville itself was the 10th fastest growing city in the United States. This area was booming and enrollments grew dramatically. DePaul was what the needs of the adult students were. So the powers to be started a few classes in our area as well as in the north. And yes, Oakbrook was the beginning of the corporate corridor, a high-tech area. During that time, we grew in numbers and expanded the facility till we could not move anymore, and before we finally moved to Naperville. During that time, we opened and closed other sites, but not only here in the west, but northwest as well. So in the fall quarter of 1997, the university opened the new Naperville campus, at the time closing Oak Brook and the West Area campuses. Those classes and services were combined at the new and considerably larger Naperville campus. It was over twice the size as Oak Brook was. Yes, the Naperville campus was large. It was 64,000 square feet plus on two floors with a computer lab, library, bookstore, classrooms, faculty and counseling office, as well as other services that the university provided the adult students. Our front desk staff consisted of part-time workers and only two full-time staff, Anna Murphy, my assistant, and me. We worked nights to be available to our faculty and our adult students who took courses at night and on weekends. Course degrees programs were in commerce, computer science, math, education, the school for new learning, as well as certificate programs. The February 14, 1997 edition of the DePaulia states that the university's commitment to serving those suburban campuses, quote, builds upon and strengthens DePaul's founding mission to provide high-quality, accessible education to the working professional, end of quote. What was the student experience like at the suburban campuses? This was true, the statement that you read. I know the students had a good experience at the, attending the campus. Our survey told us not only about the clean facility and its amenities, but of the friendly staff that welcomed them to the campus. We became the face that the students saw. We became the customer service. We became DePaul to them, representing all departments which provided the students with one-stop shopping. How did that come about? And before, Lincoln Park had their one-stop shopping. Since this was impractical for all of the services to be on site, it became necessary for us to represent 
all the departments and services of the university, providing the students just like at Loop and Lincoln Park during the day. So I met with each department and learned what the basic information most students asked. And then I provided the staff with a guidebook with frequently asked questions, materials, and along with contact information. We recommended the students to call the next day, whether it be for clarification or a phone appointment. Students were happy to have this information and a direction to go. Very student-oriented. Do you have any particular courses, events, or faculty members that stand out in your memory? Well, this was a tough one. My staff were efficient and professional, and they were the front line who got most of the stories. But I can say that we had some great faculty and advisors through the years. I got to know them on a personal level. During registration, and that was paper registration at the time, students would ask, how is so-and-so? And I could honestly recommend some faculty because previous students would tell me about their class. Same thing was true about advisors. I would see the students after the advising and make sure they got their answers and they would say yes and they were helpful. So we had a good rapport with all the departments. Problems were always at the beginning of the first quarter. Juggling computer lab time for more than one faculty on a given night was a challenge. Faculty allowing more students over the cap made a scramble to relocate classes so that students all had a seat. Adult students even pulling fire alarms to get out of a class or a test. Bookstore employees getting the blue flu causing the bookstore to pull their employees back to the loop. So I had to run the bookstore on the last minute. And I received approval from Pat Micus to enlist my daughter Christine to work with me. Technically, she worked for the bookstore, but she was 15. Remember, we had no registers to process sales. Everything was done by hand. Receipts were given for checks, cash, or the old-fashioned credit card swipe. It was an experience, but we handled it all. We assisted the BP employees every spring to walk and remove the ducklings and the goslings from the enclosed atrium. That's some of my experiences. I don't think that was on your job description. (laughs) (laughs) Could you discuss some of the major events that you were party to in your time working with the suburban campuses? Well, there was the Hinsdale fire, telephone fire. In those days, we didn't have computers on the front desk. We had typewriters or word processors and there was no tie lines transferring calls. So when the fire knocked out the telephone station, which meant no phone calls could be made from Chicago to the farther northern suburbs or west. Fortunately, Oakbrook campus not only had a Chicago exchange, but they also had a suburban exchange, which allowed us to make the calls past this area. I was unaware of the fire until the president of the university called me directly. Was I in shock that the president called me? Almost definitely. He explained that he got my name from Glenn and then proceeded to explain the situation. 
so I confirmed his appointments and other matters on his behalf, receiving and forwarding from time to time during those times. Another event that took place was the Great Flood in the Loop. I was one unaware of the event until the faculty showed up requesting offices and possibly classrooms for that night. Then our phones began to ring off the wall, asking us when the classes in the loop would resume. I wanted to say to them, your guess is as good as mine. Since I had no clue to the event and could not contact anyone, I could only recommend that the student visit DePaul's home webpage where the answer would be announced once the decision was made. Ginny Canning, my equal at O'Hare, was going through the same thing. Eventually, Glenn called me from a telephone closet, and he had two minutes to explain all. Thanks goodness, it was Easter weekend, so DePaul was able to make other arrangements for classes to be held in an empty AT&T building in the loop, scheduled bus service, arranged for furniture, and shared phones, and many other stories that eventually trickled down to me. Two small other items that did bother me through the years was, if the university got a bomb threat, so did we. Did we have unstable people walk into the campus? Yes, and that's another scary moment in my life. Okay. The suburban campuses eventually began experiencing declines in student enrollments. In your position, you also oversaw some of the closings could you share a little bit about what was happening at that time? Well, Rolling Meadows opened in September of 2000 and closed in June of 2012. Oak Forest, or South Campus, opened in September of 1993 and closed in 2015. And Naperville closed in August of 2017. And O'Hare, which first opened in 1977, closed in August of 2018. Why? The decline began with the advanced technology in computer science. Its ongoing progress continued to evolve under the leadership of Helmut Epp, who decided to offer, finally, online classes. Since the students needed to work on computers, why not teach it that way? And so it began. We went for four or five classes per night to none. At the same time, Kelstat and School for New Learning started doing some of their classes online as well. Less classrooms required. Enrollment declined because we were not getting attributed for the online courses. Some courses like computer certificates, math, education, and others either did not have the faculty teach at the courses or the courses were no longer was viable or in demand, so enrollment went down. Other colleges just offered courses, not the full degree anymore. Students did not want to start a program and commute to the loop to finish their degree, so they simply went elsewhere. SNL's decline came when admissions took over the initial recruitment advising of new students. Added to that, SNL revamped their program and it became a downturn. Admissions 
actually no longer supported the suburban campuses since their enrollment was met at Loop and Lincoln Park. So there was no need to spend money on the suburban campuses anymore. So that's how basically it went downhill. At this time, there are no suburban campuses left for DePaul University. We are at the Lincoln Park campus and the Loop campus. That is correct. Rosemary, for your time here at the university and at the suburban campuses, are there any staff or faculty that particularly stand out in your memory? Yeah, well, there were quite a few that helped me. Glenn Scharfenarth was a great mentor, a wonderful boss, and a fascinating person. He hired me, promoted me, supported me during these years. In fact, he is the one that pushed me to be full-time that following December, and I was grateful to him because I had 28 wonderful years at DePaul. When he retired, David Justice was the dean of School for New Learning and switched hats. He was a unique person. He also made me very nervous. I always got tongue-tied around him, and I still don't know why. When he retired, Bill Calzaretta was my next boss. But for a short period of time, since enrollment declined, the academic world was not needed at the suburban campuses. So he went back to the academic world of teaching. Father Mark Perinitis replaced Bill. He believed and supported me. He was a brilliant man, and that's why the Vincentian Order reassigned him to a new project, a prestigious post. Then the university decided to move the suburban campus to facility apps since we were no longer in the academic affairs area. But I had met my future boss long before this. In the beginning, when there was an expansion in the suburbs or opening up a new site or a campus, Bob Janis put me on his team. I learned to read blueprints and was able to provide some good points after a bit. Later, when the suburban campuses moved to facility ops, I was called into his office for a meeting and an explanation. My life flashed before my eyes. I thought I was going to be fired. But instead, I became head of the suburban campuses. He knew my work, so he knew he would work well together. Other people through the years who made an imprint on my life were Jackie Price. She taught me the ins and the outs of DePaul and who were the best contacts for whatever I needed. Not only is she my, my sister-in-law, but she's also my best friend. Jessica Hallam and Pat Micas were great to work with, and they taught me all about the bookstore operation since I had to run one in the suburbs. We had good times together, and we still are in contact with one another. Another person that I cannot forget was Kathy Jones. Kathy Jones was a head of procurement. She supported me and was a great team player. She stepped in without hesitation when I was alone and drowning at the West Campus. Just a day before we opened, we had our final inspection for occupancy that morning. And I scheduled various trucks and people at different afternoon time slots. 
However, everybody came at the same time. I was literally answering question after question, directing and sending people off to other ways. I had two truck drivers. I had phone technicians. I had carpet people. I had the construction crew still painting. And everyone was asking me questions. Kathy came in. She says, what do you want me to do? I says, take your furniture, <laughs> and I can handle the rest. She saved me from a stressful day that day. There were many other people in various departments that supported and advised me and who became my friends throughout my 28 years. But the person and the people who should get a lot of the credit in making the suburban campus a success was my staff. I am still in contact with many of them today, like Mary Berry, Nadine Prachadny, and many others. All I can say is that DePaul has kept true to its mission and values. DePaul was a pioneer in placing women in top-level positions. These brilliant women worked hard and assisted and created an environment toward prosperity and growth that you see today. I was lucky to work in a great place with great family values, and I thank God to this day. Do you have any other stories or thoughts on your time with DePaul? There are so many stories that I could tell, so many interesting people that I met along the way that helped me, and I helped them in turn. I trained a lot of people, good people. I called my staff because they were my friends. I hired them through the church my church in Westchester, and they followed me to Naperville and beyond. Nadine was my neighbor. I hired her as a part-time person. I hired Anna Murphy from the church as a part-time person and eventually made them both full-time. So, yeah, I have a unique experience and a lot of memories and a lot of friendship, and it all started out. 28 years ago. Rosemary Scotulis, thank you so much for coming in today. You're welcome. For the DePaul Emeritus Society, this has been Jean Bryan. Thank you.